All right, welcome back. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Okay, listening to that newscast there, it's absolutely heartbreaking, the aftermath of the Lytton fire, and uh, great work there by Global News reporter Paul Hasem, who's talked to some of the people who have suffered catastrophic losses there. And, and, it's and tough Rob, to Rob, listen Robin, to. Gill's, Robin Gill's interview with that young woman whose father stayed yeah. behind uh, was just gut-wrenching. Yeah, Global News has really done a terrific job on this, and uh, man, it just cuts you to the core, listening to the people who've lost everything, they've lost their family members, they've lost their homes, and it's absolutely tragic, and this, I, I fear we're going to hear more of this. There are still people unaccounted for. Yeah. We don't have a precise number on the missing, no. but we're going to hear more stories. We're going to hear more stories from Lytton. Unfortunately, it looks like we're going to hear more stories from around the province throughout the summer, because uh, like last night, Kamloops, outside of Kamloops, that was harrowing. You had Todd Stone on earlier, uh, as he says, he dodged the, they dodged a bullet up there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of bullets being dodged throughout this uh, long summer. Yeah, let's hope we keep dodging them. That was lucky last night. They got a little bit of rain there, just at an mm-hmm. opportune time. And the, but the firefighters in in Canada's there is a heroic effort. That's a difficult terrain up there. That fire was coming down a hill. Yeah, and these, very these steep people hill. are going up there and fighting those flames and saving those homes. Oh yeah, our, our BC firefighters are, are legendary in their expertise and. Encourage and fighting and taking on some extraordinary conditions to put these things out. It's uh, this this is very dangerous work, for sure. I had Mike Farnworth on the show this morning. The Solicitor General is my first guest, and we talked about the wildfire threat. Let me play a clip here for you, Keith, and then get your take. Here's the Solicitor General this morning. What I can tell you at this point is that the fire itself is still under investigation. Uh, we have not confirmed in terms of how it started, but there are experts up there who are who are involved in in, in determining uh, what the cause is. Uh, it's important to note that there were two fires. Uh, one was the uh, the fire that had been up there that uh, fire service crews had been battling. Um, the fire that uh, swept uh, through through uh, through Lytton was the second was the second fire, and that's the one that uh, is under investigation in terms of its call in, in terms of its cause. Um, it appears to have originated down uh, um, towards the, the the rail track, but as I said. There's no confirmation on the exact cause, but it is very much under investigation. Okay, so the investigation continuing there in the Lytton fire, and we heard these early reports about, you know, was was it sparks from a train that mm-hmm. caused it? CN Rail putting out a statement yesterday that saying that their normal protocols were followed, but they're cooperating in any investigation, as is CP Rail. So we don't know what the cause of the fire no. was. No, but it's conceivable it was a train spark. Again, as Farnworth um uh, noted there are two different fires i don't right. think a lot i think that was lost on a lot of people yesterday they thought this was just the wildfire which was burning outside of it moving into town that wasn't the case this is a separate fire that began literally in town or on right on the outskirts of town and swept through i talked to, i've talked to farmers several times over the last few days about this uh, it's going to be interesting i think it's inevitable he will declare a state of emergency um it's almost a foregone con- conclusion he did in 2017 and 2018, the last two years on wildfires have been relatively, well, very calm, almost no wildfires the last two years. That's not going to be the case this summer. So when he declares a sense of uh, a, a case of emergency, a state of emergency, he does so on the basis of advice from his trained staff, his deputy and his fire uh, people who uh, give him advice on whether to do this. And then what's interesting is we pointed out before when he declared the state of emergency for the pandemic, uh, which went on and on and on for 14 months. It gets it expires every 14 days, and then it's extended. I expect it's going to be declared soon, and it will last all summer. 
what that does, it gives him the power to acquire land and personal property, if that's what's required to fight these wildfires. It can require, he can fix prices on, on goods. He can control the flow of goods. He can uh, control f- traffic. It'll be interesting over the summer whether or not, and I think this is, again, almost um, inevitable, there will be travel restrictions in BC. Wow. So if you're thinking of traveling to Kamloops, if you're thinking of traveling to the Okanagan or the Kootenays this summer, you may very well find yourself uh, faced with some severe travel restrictions because if, if there's a state of emergency, all that thing, all that stuff comes into play. Okay, we're watching that very closely. I also spoke to Todd Stone on the show today, as you mentioned, the MLA, Liberal MLA in Kamloops there, and he and his family were uh, evacuated from one of the neighborhoods that was under threat from those fires. He had lightning strikes just outside of Kamloops. He had fires bearing down on the city and on these two affected neighborhoods, and it was a panic getting out of there last night. Some of the videos online, this is a hairy night in Kamloops mm-hmm. and long lineups of people trying to get out of these neighborhoods and get out of the way of these fires. Heroic job by the firefighters there. But let me play a clip here for you from the MLA there in Kamloops. There, Todd Stone. Here's what he had to say. And we did get a bit of a bit of luck last night too. There were a few uh, short bursts of of rain. Um, a, a couple of times it, it was a, it was heavy. Uh, again, maybe for five minutes, seven minutes at a time. Uh, I'm hearing that that, that, that played a, a role as well and, and gave uh, the firefighters a, a, a bit of a break at a few critical moments. But the, but the wow. flames were, were right up, um, you know, at the back fences of, uh, you know, a, a, a good number of, of homes. And uh, if it had gotten into that area, uh, you know, God only knows what, uh, what would happen next. Okay, can you imagine the fire right at the gate, right at the back of your back fence, and people mm-hmm. are lined up? There was this like a mile long lineup of cars, people trying to get out of there. Yeah, no, it's extraordinary. The footage of Auto Camus was extraordinary. It was really touch and go there. And thank goodness Mr. Stone and his family and all their neighbors are, are safe there. But it's just an example. Again, you know, I've, I've covered wildfires over the years. These things move very quickly, uh, and yeah. there's no controlling them sometimes. So there are, I think there's something like nine fires right now out of control or labeled uh, very dangerous yeah. in various spots of B.C. If you go to the B.C. Wildfire uh, Service website, you can see just the listing of where these fires are located, how big they are, and how they're labeled. The other, and the key word is interface. If it's an interface fire, that means it's coming into contact with communities and residential neighborhoods and commercial establishments, and those are the really dangerous ones. Ones that are far out there, in the in the backwoods with no contact with communities. That's I mean that's bad enough, but that's part of nature. You know, we we, we expect uh, forest fires to occur. Uh, but when it gets close to communities, those are interface fires, and those are the most dangerous. Okay, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau just in the last few hours asked about the wildfires in British Columbia, is offering a promising assistance from the federal government. Let's listen to what Trudeau had to say here a short time ago. What we're going to focus on now is working with British Columbia, working with the chiefs, working with partners on ensuring that we're there for the communities in Lytton and across the, the province that are facing difficulty. Uh, Minister Sajjan has been in touch uh, with his, uh, his uh, colleagues out west. Minister Blair has been talking to uh, Minister Farnworth. Uh, we, uh, and I've been talking with Premier Horgan, we will continue to engage directly and uh, prepare to be there to support people uh, as necessary as much as possible. Uh, that's part of what the uh, Incident Response Group meeting is going to be on this afternoon, how we can be there uh, to help. 
Okay, it's interesting to hear him mention Defense Minister Harjit Sajjan, who, of course, is a BC M- uh, MP. Uh, could the Army get involved here? Yeah, so uh, John Horgan yesterday uh, said in his talks with uh, the Prime Minister yesterday, uh, it was extraordinary to begin with that he would have a conversation this early on with the Prime Minister about federal aid. This is how quickly this situation is developing and evolving. Uh, he did mention that military assistance was one of the things being discussed. I don't recall ever mil- the military coming in to assist in a, in a forest fire situation. It's important to note, they would not be coming in to fight the fires. Uh, that's not their expertise. It's more the logistical side. It was It's a supply chain or evacuations. If we have mass evacuations, that will likely involve the Canadian military uh, coming in here, and that's the federal government's role. But again, we have trained forest fighters in B.C., And there is a request to other provinces likely to send some of their trained forest fighters, forest firefighters into uh, this province and may very well involve international calls. And we we have sent our firefighters to Australia, for example. Uh, We may be requesting other countries to help as well. Important to note, I think John Horgan said this the other day, right now from the Baja, and we talked about this yesterday, from the Baja Peninsula in Mexico all the way to the Alaskan Panhandle is red hot right now. There are going to be forest fires and wildfires right up and down the coast and in in the interior. California is going to have another bad year. They had a horrible year last year. They're going to have another terrible year this year. So it's a a red alert, and that's why resources are being amassed around around the country and elsewhere. Well, one of my guests earlier on the show today was an expert from the University of British Columbia who was making these precise points in that we've got to have a new strategy for managing, especially some of these interface areas, these forests that are right abutting close to population centers, mm-hmm. uh, clear them out, get rid of some of the uh, the, the fuel that has uh, been stored there uh, in order to protect lives and, and homes been, and properties. That's been done for the last few years. I mean, there has yeah. been work on that. But again, you just imagine the the, the enormity of that task. I mean, anybody's yeah, yeah. flown over British Columbia. <laughs> I mean, it's just trees as far as you can see. And there's a lot of dead wood and a lot of brush down there. There's a lot of dead beetle wood as well. Yes. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's a monumental task to clear that, that debris out of there. It has been going on, but obviously, I mean, that's just it's sweeping the sands of the Nile.